0: It's Saturday the 17th of June, I'm Kira Evans and this is a week that saw the ECB raise rates and budget chat begin, Boris Johnson in hot water over Partygate, new EU rules on AI and tributes to Aslan's Christy Dignam. Probably a something hot, put up your feet and get up to speed on the seven biggest stories of the week. This is the standout 7 from the Smart 7 Ireland edition. It's news, but not the news. news. It's only June, but all the talk from the coalition government is about this year's budget in October. Minister for Finance Michael McGrath said on Tuesday that issues like housing and public services would be priorities for the government and that corporate tax receipts can't be relied on in the long term. He said that providing the necessary support for society and the economy without increasing inflation will be a hard balance to strike. We have a programme for government commitment in relation to the indexation of credits uh, and the band and uh, Minister Donoghue was in a position to honour that in the last number of budgets. Uh, and I expect given the strong position in our finances it is a commitment that we will again be able to honour uh, in the forthcoming budget. Speaking outside the National Economic Forum in Dublin Castle on Monday Glee Labour was in a much more giveaway mood as he discussed the coalition's plans for next October's budget. He didn't rule out an introduction of a 30% tax ban and seemed confident that the government can manage to increase spending on public expenditure without negatively affecting inflation or adding to the cost of living crisis. You know this choice between whether you spend the surplus whether you save it whether you reduce taxes whether you increase spending actually what we've been doing for years because the economy is so strong is all of those things we're able to reduce income taxes we're able to increase spending we're able to reduce the debt uh, we're able to invest more in services and infrastructure uh, we're able to set aside uh, money for future problems we can do all of these things he also responded to claims that he's losing control of phoenix ltd since that he has the full support of the parliamentary party oh look the next election is ages away um, I believe it's an election in which Finnegall can gain votes uh, and can gain seats, and if we do that, we may well be in a position to uh, form another government. this week featured quite a lot of Boris Johnson the former UK PM created high drama over the weekend by resigning from parliament along with Nadine Dorries and Salby MP Nigel Adams it was a preemptive move to try and get ahead of the partygate report which he was busy describing as a witch hunt by a kangaroo court having seen an early copy of the findings former number 10 communications director Guido Harry says Boris jumped to avoid being pushed i think what he's done is take charge this weekend of a situation that was out of his control and drifting you know in Inevitably towards a very, very unhappy and undignified sort of conclusion. But the controversy didn't end there. When Boris's resignation honours list was published, there were several anticipated names missing, including Alex Sharmer, Nigel and Dean. Boris was busy claiming that Rishi had edited his list, but the PM himself spoke on Monday and said that the shaggy blonde millionaire had asked him to overrule the panel who vetted the appointment list. Boris Johnson asked me to do something that I wasn't prepared to do. That was to you know, either overrule the HOLAC committee or to make promises with people. I wasn't prepared to do that. As I said, I didn't think it was right. And if people don't like that, then tough. It took until Thursday for the full Partygate report to be released and it was truly damning for Boris. The 30,000 word report found the former PM did mislead Parliament over lockdown partying and that he was complicit in an intimidation campaign against the committee investigating him. It would have been enough to see him suspended from Parliament for 90 days automatically triggering a by-election. There'll still need to be a vote on the report and Leader of the Commons Penny Mordaunt said that'll happen next. These are difficult matters for the House. We have to look at the evidence, we have to look at the report but we are talking about people who are friends and colleagues it will be a painful process and a sad process for all of us Reaction to the findings had been mixed Labour deputy Angela Rayner felt that Boris should have just come forward and apologised Boris Johnson is not only a lawbreaker but a liar he's not fit for public office and he's disgraced himself and continues to act like a you know pound shot Trump in the way in which he tries to discredit anybody who criticises his actions But Boris still has some supporters left, former Brexit Minister Jacob Rees-Mogg was quick to come to his best buddy's defence. I think their fundamental judgment is wrong because I don't think he deliberately misled Parliament but I think the 90-day sanction shows more than perhaps the committee would like to show. And what about his past being revoked? It was trivial so it's like switching off a child's Nintendo 10 minutes early. wasn't a great week overall for populist shaggy-haired former leaders. Donald Trump got news that he was about to be indicted over the weekend. He became the first US President in history to be impeached twice. Now he's also the first to be indicted on federal charges. It followed a lengthy Justice Department investigation into his alleged mishandling of classified government documents. It followed a lengthy Justice Department investigation into his alleged mishandling of classified government documents. The indictment yielded a spectacular photo of document boxes stored in a -a Mar-a-Lago toilet, complete with a chandelier. He's facing 37 federal charges related to national security, and if convicted, he could be handed a lengthy prison sentence. How did he take the news? About as well as you'd imagine. The ridiculous and baseless indictment of me by the Biden administration's weaponized Department of Injustice will go down as among the most horrific abuses of power in the history of our country. Many people have said that. Democrats have even said it. Special Counsel Jack Smith, who's been leading the investigation, says everyone's equal before the law, even disgraced presidents. Adherence to the rule of law is a bedrock principle, and our nation's commitment to the rule of law sets an example for the world. We have one set of laws in this country, and they apply to everyone. Tuesday saw the Trump circus roll into Miami, where he was formally arrested and charged at the Wilkie D. Ferguson court. Trump pleaded not guilty while his spokesperson, Alina Haba gave a statement outside the courthouse. The people in charge of this country do not love America. They hate Donald Trump. What we are witnessing today is the blatant and unapologetic weaponization of the criminal justice system. Trump appears to have decided to treat the indictment as a campaign event so he headed to Bedminster where he gave a speech slamming the Biden administration and made some potentially unwise comments on his impending case. Before that he stopped at a Miami cafe and in classic Trump mode promised to buy everyone's lunch. But left without paying for anyone's I think it's going great I think it's a rigged deal here we have a rigged country we have a country that's corrupt we have a country that's got no borders we have a country that's got nothing but problems we're a nation in decline and then they do this stuff these remarks in New Jersey didn't go down well with the FBI's former General Counsel Andrew Wiseman When you are charged with the illegal retention, the possession, the illegal possession of documents, it is not a good idea to say, hey, you want to know why I took these? Because I could. Mm -hmm. That is not a defense. To that charge. That is an admission to that charge. But with new polling showing Donald at 53% with Republican voters a whopping 30% ahead of next best runner Ron DeSantis, what are the chances that he'll manage to get himself re-elected and grant himself a pardon? Well, according to Lewis Lukens, the ex-deputy chief of mission at the US Embassy in London, we shouldn't be getting too worried. I think his chances are quite low. I think he's going to drop out. As these legal charges become more and more evident, his support will will decline. But even if he does get the nomination, I think most Americans will vote for Joe Biden and not for Donald Trump. All eyes have been on Ukraine this week as the spring offensive is somewhat belatedly underway. Canadian PM Justin Trudeau visited Kiev and met with President Zelensky bringing a new aid package, but Zelensky wasn't giving much away on how the offensive was going. I would not trust one or another telegram channel and especially wouldn't trust Putin. Counter-offensive and defensive actions are being taken in Ukraine. At what stage, I will not disclose. As the week unfolded, there were reports of small gains, while Russia continued with missile attacks on Ukrainian cities. Chair of the UK Defence Select Committee, Tobias Elwood, has urged caution towards the idea that any of this will be over quickly. I urge caution into assuming that we're just gonna, the, the Ukrainians are just going to charge in and then the, the Russians would be dispersed and it will be all over very, very quickly. You've actually got the main front of Ukrainian capability still in reserves, if you like, ready to so that, attack. Russian President Vladimir Putin, who started to deliver nuclear weapons to neighbouring Belarus, said the Ukrainian counteroffensive is failing, while the assessment from Western officials is that fighting is extremely fierce and progress is difficult. Matters have been complicated as the Ukrainian military have diverted resources to deal with the aftermath of the Hakhova Dam collapse. However, Ukrainian Ambassador to the UK, Vadim Prostyko, says progress is being made. We are literally gaining ground with our counteroffensive. The progress might not be as spectacular as everybody Ukrainian hoping for right now, but we are probably the defensive lines of Russians, who broke through the first lines, we're getting there. It emerged that Ukrainian pilots have started training on F-16 fighter jets in Italy. That's according to NATO Secretary-General Jens Stolenberg. There's still no agreement to deliver any jet, but with Russian nuclear missiles now rolling into Belarus, the stakes continue to rise in the conflict. Ukrainian MP Kira Ruddock isn't worried. She says the nuclear posturing is just a show to benefit Russian President Putin. These attempts and these messages are to show the world that Putin does have some allies, that he is not alone and that there is some particular cooperation. So to come on the Standard 7 Island Edition, new EU rules to slow down AI and tributes to a musical legend. Right after this. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. Welcome back. EU lawmakers took another major step on Wednesday towards introducing legislation to govern the rollout of artificial intelligence. It will be one of the first laws to address the technology. The new EU rules could also prevent the rollout of AI-powered facial recognition technology because of privacy concerns. Green MEP Kiran Coffey is happy that the Guardian may face restrictions on the new tools. Well there's a concern that in the wrong hands it could lead to, for instance, racial profiling or it could be used in other ways. Uh, I think ultimately people have to be in charge of artificial intelligence. Google will also have to delay the European rollout of its new AI tool called Bard after the Irish Data Protection Commissioner raised privacy concerns. European Commissioner for Competition Margareta Vestager says the EU is taking a very cautious approach to the way AI rolls out because the risks are substantial. I think the AI risks are more that people will be discriminated. They will not be seen as who they are. That value will just drift up and not be distributed with the people who work. Uh, also with AI. The unfortunate phrase unwise but not illegal may well become Philip Schofield's most famous catchphrase as the chaos caused by his lying about an affair with a younger colleague continues. ITV bosses were grilled on Wednesday by a Commons committee with plenty of questions for ITV Chief Executive Dame Carolyn McCall. One of the questions was whether or not this morning viewers are referred to internally as Tower Block Tracys but the bigger questions were about how and when the channel found out about Schofield's affair with his this morning co-worker. The people that have said they knew would only have heard rumors about it if any one of the individuals had come to us and said there is evidence The lead singer of Aslan Christy Dignam has died aged 63 He'd been suffering from a rare blood cancer and had been receiving palliative care since January Tributes to the well-known singer were led by President Higgins who said that Christy and Aslan had made an enormous contribution to the cultural life of her nation Thysa Gleivaragir called him a legend of Irish music and said that his loss will be felt across the music community Proud of his fingerless roots Dignam formed the band Aslan in the early 80s and they had initial success before drugs and arguments led to their breakup. However, a one off reunion. Led to a triumphant comeback and the release of Crazy World in 1993. They were due to perform in 2022, but Christie's illness led to the concerts being cancelled. Rest in peace, Christie. to the Smart 7 Ireland edition. We'll be back tomorrow at 7am. Hit the follow button and have a great day. Give us seven minutes and we'll give you the world.